You're listening to teaching from the Word of God, provided by Black Forest Chapel. This is the church where you will find biblical teaching and authentic worship with family and friends. We are located in Black Forest near Monument and just north of Colorado Springs, Colorado. We invite you to join us this Sunday. Find our location, worship times, and more at blackforestchapel.org. So, if you would, um, just bow your heads and uh, consider the words of Psalm 98, and then we'll sing together. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered the steadfast love and faithfulness of the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to gather again. Our doors are open, Lord. We're able to come and sit as your people together. We're able to gather together and lift our praises to you together. We know that you inhabit the praises of your people. We're so thankful that we can be in your presence always, Lord, but we're so thankful that we belong to you as your family. And it's just not the same when we're not together. We praise you for that, Lord. We want to, out of an abundance of what you've done for us, the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that indwells us, and through the blessing of being able to gather in fellowship, we want to lift your name high now. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand as we sing. Love, how can it 
time when we would pass the plate and take the offering, and uh, unless we wanted to get really good at tossing across six to eight feet, um, we're going to refrain from that today. There are offering boxes in the back um, next to both doors, so feel free to drop your offering in there. We're also doing online giving now. We had to kind of expedite that process during the shutdown, and it's been a great blessing. The Lord has provided. You guys have been faithful, and so we're just thankful for that. And so I just want to pray now and thank him for his provision. Even through this shutdown, many churches, many people are struggling financially, and he has sustained us so that we can gather together again. So let's pray together for all that God does and all that he gives. Heavenly Father, it is so good to be here together in your presence, to sing to you. Even though these are familiar songs, Father, we feel like we're singing new songs because of the new mercies you've provided and the gratefulness that we have experienced in missing fellowship together. But one thing we haven't missed throughout this whole time, Father, is your provision. You've given us everything we need. You've always provided day in and day out, even over the last 11 weeks or so of being apart. There's been uncertainty financially, relationally, vocationally. Just the world is in a state of unrest in many regards, Father. And yet you always provide exactly what we need at the exact moment. You are faithful. We thank you so much for the hearts of everyone here who have been continually giving their tithes and offerings, Lord even as we've been apart, you sustained us. We're thankful for that, Father. And we, we know that you don't need our money, Father. You don't need anything. And yet you ask that we give out of an out of a expression of adoration, out of an expression of gratefulness for your salvation, for what you've done for us, for who you are, what you're calling us to do. You've asked that we just give of our hearts cheerfully, not out of compulsion, Lord, but because we want to, because of all you've done. So thank you for that, Lord. I pray we continue to live um, as givers, that 
we would sacrificially give ourselves, not just our finances, Lord, but our time, our gifts, because everything belongs to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Isaiah 43, 1-3 says, But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I invite you to stand for this last song.
be seated. I couldn't say that the last 11 weeks because you were probably already seated at home, right? A little too comfortable. You can't hide now. You can't, well, you can. You can try to sleep, but I can see you a lot more easily now, so. We, uh, can we just give thanks uh, to the youth worship team for leading us this morning and coming in. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Well, this morning, um, as we just celebrate coming back together, we, we want to take a look at Psalm 96 and just focus on the aspect of worship. There's, there's no coffee Right now, there's no groups happening, right? There's no hugs, just air hugs. But no coffee, no groups, no hugs, but, but we can worship. We gather to worship God. And that's copyrighted, by the way. No coffee, no groups, no hugs. No problem, right? We can worship, so you can't steal that. But we're missing a lot of things. We miss a lot of fellowship. We miss a lot of our time with other people. I think the Zoom phenomenon has, has worn itself out when it comes to church life. Maybe for businesses and other types of industry, that's fine. But for, for God's people, coming together is just too important. It's, it's, there's a ministry of presence that we miss. And so we still have some restrictions. We still have things we, we can't do at the moment just to be uh, mindful of the health orders that are still in place. And so um, we will go without those things for now. We will, we will make do. We will still gather uh, properly sanitized and socially distanced for now, right? But there's one thing we can't go without, and that's worship. We can't go without worshiping our God, without lifting his name, without praising him. That has, to, that has to come out. If we read the scriptures, if we know who he is, we understand what he's done, we believe in this Jesus, and we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we're not grieving him, we're repentant people, we are people of the word, we're prayerful then we can't help but praise him as something that is non-negotiable. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to take a look at what does it look like to just gather for worship. Let me pray as we open God's word. Heavenly Father, we are once again just grateful to be here in your presence and among your people For some of us, this has been a very difficult 11 weeks or so. Um, 
isolation, lack of fellowship, not being able to sing with your people together, not being able to sit under the teaching of the word and to have that accountability that comes with all hearing together in one place and talking about it afterwards and and meeting together in, in life groups and Bible studies and sharing coffee and stories and just sharing the closeness of the family. Lord, we, we've missed that greatly. But you are faithful, you're good, you're a loving Father, you've provided for us, and you continue to do so. Even as we open your word, Father, and you have not changed. Your word does not change. Although the seating arrangements may have changed and a few things in this building, Father, you never change. Thank you for that truth. Thank you that as we read your word this morning, we can trust you. You are faithful. And Lord, with all that's happening in the world, not just with COVID, but with the political and societal unrest and protests and rioting, and um, the world is, seems to be shaking right now and on fire, Father, where that has not eluded your view, you're not surprised by it. We shouldn't be either if we know the word. The hearts of man are just being expressed right now, openly. But Father, you have expressed yourself. You have given us knowledge of who you are. You've revealed yourself in the scriptures. And we know that, Father, you are the victor. Nothing can overtake you, Lord. Nothing can thwart your plans. Father, you're in control of all of this. You are sovereign and because of that, we can rest in you. You have given us a way to have peace with you through your son, Jesus. Thank you for that, Lord. And thank you now, Holy Spirit, that you indwell us, and we ask that you would help us to understand the scriptures, and not just for head knowledge, Lord, but it would impact and change our hearts so that we might serve you better. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our obedience. In Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 96. If you have your Bibles, you read along with me. Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens, splendor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in splendor and the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to, the, to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Amen.
a song of a psalm, a song of praise. The psalms are are prayer songs, if you will. The, the psalms actually mean praises, praise. And it's a fitting way for us to come back together, just to praise the Lord for all that he's done and for who he is. And I wonder how, during the shutdown, how many of you, how many of you found yourself singing more often and listening to music more often? Anyone listening to music more often? Okay, a few people. The rest of you guys just sat and stared at your wall for 11 weeks and just wait this thing out, binge the next show, right? But I, th- I think there's something about the fact that we can't come together, and, we, and even though we're listening to the Word online, I, th- I think sometimes we can get fatigued, because I know many people are listening to multiple sermons in multiple places, because you can do that, right? You can, you can sit and, and kind of watch people from all over the world, and that's, that's not a bad thing. You're getting, you're getting the Word, if you're getting proper theology, you're getting fed. But are we able to then live that out? Because once we hear it, then we're stuck in our house and stuck in our car, and what do we do with that? And so, personally, for me, I, something had to give. I had to let this, this truth come out, this praise to the Lord. And so, I found myself singing more in the car. I'm, I'm in the car more. I, I can't go into the restaurant. I got to go through the drive through and sit and eat, right? Or, so, I might as well, might as well sing. And, and if you know me, um, I, I can't sing. And no musical ability at all. I'm, I'm very thankful that the scriptures. Um, but God tells us to make a joyful noise. Psalm 98, Psalm 100, there's multiple. Make a joyful noise. Shout. That way I don't have to apologize to Leah for standing behind her and singing totally off key. And, right? I, I can raise my voice. I can make a joyful noise. Why? Because it's an expression of my heart. It's not about the skill in the moment. And so I find myself singing more often, and I'm not a singer, and... I don't even know the words. I had to hum through certain words because I don't know what they are, right? Then I'm looking up lyrics for the first time, like, oh, that's what that word is. I'm way off. I'm totally singing the wrong thing, right? And now I know what that word is. And so I was singing more songs consistently because I know what they said and I could spend time with it. But why sing? Why are we a singing people? Well, as we see in the scriptures and as we see in the Psalms, because we, we have all this inside of us, we have this amazing God and this amazing salvation, and it has to come out. Right? It should be coming out in multiple areas, in our offerings, as we bring things to the Lord. We, it's, it's out of an abundance of what he has done, and so we are pleased and cheerfully we give to him, even though he doesn't need our money. And we serve other people using our gifts because he's given us these amazing gifts and these abilities to, to play music or sing or serve other people or to have mercy on people or to teach or to lead and to shepherd. And so we want to express our gratefulness to him for giving us these things by faithfully stepping out and giving that away and serving others. There's great joy in that. And singing is a way to express what God has done. It's a way for us to let those things out. And so the psalmist begins, and we believe this is from David. This, this is a whole section of praise psalms. If you read through Psalm 93 to Psalm 100, just a bunch of praises to the Lord. And we believe this is from David. You'll find in First Chronicles 16, you'll find most of the psalm in David's song in First, First Chronicles 16. And he had just brought the Ark back, the Ark of the Covenant, back to Jerusalem, and in his, the tent that he made for for the ark, and there was great joy there, and they just wanted to minister and to be in the presence of God. There's nothing like that. And so 
Um, there's a call to sing. It begins in verse 1. Oh, there's an exclamation point on the front end of it. So that's an excitement. There's something there that needs to come out. We need to express who he is. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Sing, sing, sing. Why is that so important? Why sing? Well, first of all, do you know that God sings? And if we're made in his likeness and his image, we're made to be a singing people. God sings. If you go to Zephaniah, you might be saying Zephah who or Zephah what? Zephaniah, minor prophet. Zephaniah, right before Haggai. If you want to look for it in your Bible, it's, uh, if you go to the book of Matthew, and then just go to the left like this much. right? It's, it's right there. Zephaniah, chapter 3. When God is restoring Israel after their idolatry, their disobedience. Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 14. It says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. That's a lot of singing, shouting, rejoicing, exulting, right? It's, it's expressed multiple times. This is the proper response for what God has done. When God saves, when God delivers, we should be a joyous people. We should be proclaiming that. It should be something that we can't keep silent about. How many Christians do you know, maybe, maybe this is your experience in general, who are mostly quiet about what God has done? Hands in the pockets. Head down. Not much joy there not much different than the rest of the world. We should be a singing people, an exuberant people, because God saves. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. Why? Verse 15, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. Can we, can we be excited about the fact that our sins have been forgiven because of Jesus? The very thing that separated us from God for eternity has been forgiven by the blood of Jesus? Can we, be, can we be excited about that? Well, if we're not in the Word, if we're not spending time renewing our minds about this great salvation, about this gospel message, if we're not in prayer, if we're not around God's people to have us reminded, to be encouraged about what God has done, then we're not going to be very excited. We're going to fall back into the same pattern, the current of the world, worshiping self more than worshiping God. But if we read and we understand and we understand our sin and we're growing in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, knowing what he's done for us and, and who we really are and our real place in the world and, and God's place on his throne, if we start to understand that and read that more and meditate on those things, we can't help but praise. A song will rise up because he's taken away the judgments against us. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. You believe that God is with you. That God is present. That you don't have to fear anymore. All that's happening around us in this world, do you, do you understand? You don't have to fear any of that. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud 
singing. This is the God of the universe, the, the creator God, the one who made everything, who made you. Listen to that again. Verse 17, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Can you, pick, can you imagine God singing over us as his children? How often do we walk around in shame, in guilt, believing the lies of Satan? We have, we have no condemnation anymore in Christ Jesus. We are his beloved children. We are co-heirs with Christ. We belong to him. We're not perfect, but he's making us perfect like his son. And yet we walk discouraged, diminished, beat down. And yet our Heavenly Father, because of all he's done for us, because of how much he loves us, he's made a people for himself, and, and we're his people. He, he sings over us. I, I read that and just sat there for a while thinking about what does that look like? Amazing. He will exalt over you with loud singing. The, the only picture I have is, is the prodigal son coming back, head down, speech prepared, and his father running toward his son who was lost but now has come back. And the lavishness that he displays on his son, even though his son didn't deserve it, his son wasted everything, spent all of his inheritance, rejected his father's home and his authority, and yet he came back. And we get that picture of God kind of lifting our heads, right? Embracing us, loving us, lavishing his riches upon us. This is the God that we serve. God sings. And so it makes sense that in his image we are to sing. We are singing people. In Matthew 26.30, just a little snippet here. But right after the Lord and the disciples shared shared their supper, the last supper before Christ went to the cross. Matthew 26, verse 30. It says that, And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. After they sung a hymn, they, they sang together. What was that like, to sing with Jesus, to have the Son of God right there who was about to go to the cross singing with the disciples? Jesus sings. The Father sings. Ephesians chapter 5. <clears throat> Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 21. <clears throat> Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's an amazing picture. The Spirit of God, we, we, we are indwelled with God's Spirit. He's a seal, He's a comforter, He's a guide. He will not leave us. But we are to be continually being filled with the Spirit. 
if you looked at it in the original language, be continually being filled with the Spirit. We are not to grieve the Spirit through disobedience. We are to be repentant and then obey God. And God, he fills us with his Holy Spirit to, to accomplish his work, to accomplish our mission, to proclaim the good news to others. There is power when the Spirit is involved with that. When we try to do things on our own, serve on our own, build our own little kingdoms, there's no power there. There's nothing lasting there. But when the Spirit of God is involved and, and we are being filled with him, then there's fruit of the Spirit. There's all of these amazing attributes and virtues that pour out of God's people. And one of them, when we are being filled, continuing with the Spirit, we can't help but what? We can't help but sing and proclaim this. Look at all these different ways we could be doing it with psalms, with hymns, which are just poetic truths set to music so that we can remember them and, and be carry them with us. Spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord with your heart. Just, there's just an, an attitude of praise. There's just this music that's coming out of your life and how you live and what you do and how you talk to people. There's something about it that's attractive. And so when we're being filled with the Spirit continually, this is the result of that. And then what happens there? There's, there's an outflow of giving thanks for everything. To God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then what, what happens naturally from there? Well, we start submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. There's a submission. See, if you're not singing, if you're not humming, if you're not enjoying and making melody in your hearts of the Lord, then you're going to be grumbling and making all kinds of other terrible noises, right? Not a joyful noise. A noise that, that, that creates division, disdain. It doesn't show that you're joyful at all, that you belong to the, the king of the universe who saved you. And so this is to be our life. And honestly, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a singer. I'm not drawn to passages in scripture that talk about singing. That's not me. Right? I'm not, and I think of it, I equate it as musical, like being a vocalist and being able to, to do that well. When I'm in my car, i got to crank it up, otherwise I make myself upset and sick, right? I have to make sure that's nice and loud. And even then, if it gets too loud and I start singing louder, then I can't, I can't carry anything. It just sounds so bad, right? But if I'm in a worshipful mode, if I'm, if I'm truly being thankful to the Lord, if the words of truth are impacting me, and it's not the, the, the melody and the rhythm and the beat that's the emotional draw to music, especially worship music and hymns. It's, it's the truth of God's word. It's the words we're saying. The, the melody, the hymns, that, that stuff helps us for sure, and especially to remember it. But it's the truth of God's word that's being proclaimed, and that is creating an emotional response. And then there's, sometimes there's tears. Sometimes there's just great joy. Have you ever just... just had a song that, that and it's, it's, this, it's based on God's word, it's theologically sound, it's nothing new as far as truth. It is truth, but it's just set differently, it's just expressed differently. And for some reason, in that moment, in that time, that song just kind of hits you. And you, you got to play it again and again, right? And you keep playing it. Why? Because something, something about that is eliciting a response in your heart. You're enjoying God's presence you're proclaiming God's truth, even if it's to yourself in the car. Those are all good things, and the Spirit of God does that. So God sings, and so we should sing. And this idea of a new song, I just kind of mentioned, 
you know, not new truths, but a new way of communicating the truth in a way that's just pleasing and pleasant. And that's kind of a new song, but we can sing old songs, but if the truth of those songs is starting to impact our heart differently, if, if we're growing in the Lord, we're growing in the knowledge of Jesus and in the grace of who he is and just being reminded of all the, the sin in our life and what he has saved us from and we become more broken people and more humble people, that old song is going to be a new song in our hearts. We're going to be singing that differently because we're expressing this, this, this truth that God is teaching us, this transformation that he is giving to us. And so we sing a new song. God is, we are a new creation. God is doing new things. So we sing a new song. And it says, sing all the earth. Sing the Lord, to the Lord. Bless his name. We're to bless his name as we sing. Praise his name. And what, what's next in this psalm? So we are to sing for sure. Sing, 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 right? Oh, and one thing just to catch here too. Sometimes I just read over it really quickly. Like we all do that. It says, sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. And I was, I've read this how many times, and, and the last time I read through it, I really just, that, that just caught me. Because I think I sing about the Lord. I sing for him. Maybe if we're in a collective corporate environment here, sometimes I sing for the Lord because I want, because he's worthy of that. I, I sometimes have music on in the background just because it's pleasant and it's good and there's truth there and there's nothing wrong with that. But how often do we as God's people sing to the Lord? You always see these cheesy movies and 80s movies and people are singing to each other. Or, and maybe you did that at your wedding or something, and I'm sorry if I've offended you. But, but people that are singing to one another, there's, an, there's, a, there's a re- kind of an awkwardness there. But if, if there's a depth of affection and love, and there's kind of that eye contact. There's, there's, a, there's something going on there when you're singing to someone. Right? You can't, you, you're, you're not escaping their gaze. You're really fully consumed with them in that moment. I never really caught that. And so this week when I was, when I was singing to the Lord a couple of hymns, I, I would actually start to sing to him, picturing him on his throne. And I started to sing to him, and everything changed. <laughs> I was broken before him. The song I've sung a million times, never thought too much. The song I had the wrong lyrics to most of the time, right? Didn't think much of it. Now I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics. I'm like, wow, that's really, that's really good. And now I'm singing to the Lord. And it changed me. And there was this closeness with him. There was this reverence and this awe and the, the worshipfulness that just caused me. I felt my, I was more, my posture changed. My countenance changed because of who he is. Sing to the Lord. And what happens as a natural expression of singing to the Lord, tell of his salvation, declare his glory. We're to be sharing what he has done through song, through our words, through our actions, Tell of his salvation. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. This is, a, this is a missionary psalm. This is to remind us that we are not just here because we have a nice building, because we have the time on Sunday morning, we have nothing better to do on a summer day. We're here to worship the Lord, but we're here to, to make his name known. It's for our encouragement, our edification, for our blessing for sure, but also to take it out to the world. And 
At, at this point in time, as we're experiencing all the things that are happening, if you turn on the news in any given moment of the day, how much more do people need to hear that the Lord reigns, that Jesus Christ is the only one who can bring peace? That there is no justice truly apart from God. Mankind creates all the problems, and then we try to solve all the problems, and we create more problems with our solutions. All that's happening, the, the buildings that are on fire, streets filled with profanity and violence right now, insurgencies trying to, insurrectionists trying to overthrow authority and governments and police. And whether for the right intention or not, what does this solve? Can they create peace? How many of us are speaking to some of these folks who at night when darkness falls and their, their activities are being hidden, at least they think, and they're doing all these horrible, terrible things. Read Romans 1 and just look at what evil is in the heart of man and how that will, that will come out at any given. This has all been there. It's always there. It's just being expressed now freely, openly, in large, in large crowds and across the country and now around the world. This is nothing new. We shouldn't be surprised by this. But what is your response to that? What is our response to it? Do we go? Do we tell? Do we declare to the nations and to the peoples? I have, a, I have a solution for you. I know you're really mad. I know you're hurt. I know you're confused. Maybe I just know that you're evil and you want to do evil things. Think about your life. Think about the consequences. Think about who you're really serving. Think about your sin. This doesn't get any better. You're not going to solve it by throwing that brick, by smashing that window. You have a constitutional right to, to protest, to gather peacefully and to share your views. Even then, profanity, anger. All I see on the news is just a sea of middle fingers all over the place, right? That's coming from inside. They're dead. And so what's the expression? Arms are raised, fingers are out, voices are speaking, Division is created, anarchy, chaos, violence, death. We are God's people. From what comes from within us, from being a saved people, our arms should be raised in praise. Our lips should be singing to the Lord, singing about God, declaring his goodness, declaring his worth, telling people about him. Are you sharing this with those who are hurting around you, who are uncertain, who are angry and without hope? We watch and we kind of are mesmerized by all that's happening on the TV screens. Just shut it off. Sing praises to the Lord. See what the Lord would have you do and then talk to your neighbor. One person at a time, one conversation at a time. You don't need to, you're not going to solve the global problem by yourself. That's okay. God will take care of that. Be faithful with the person in front of you. They're watching the same things. They're having the same feelings. Be different. Be God's people. Declare. 
Why should we do this? Why should we tell people? Why should we declare? Verse 4, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised because he's great. If someone's great, you praise them greatly. It makes sense, right? Who are the highest paid athletes and the ones that you know their names and all the people that buy the jerseys, the ones that are the greater athletes, right? If we have an NFL season this year, which they're talking about possibly having, you you probably know the quarterback's name, you know the the receiver's name, you know the running backs, you know the star players, the one who who score all the points, right? Maybe maybe the the linebacker, the safety, the one who gets all the tackles, any any of the the all-pro players, you you, you know their names. Why? Because they're great. And so... They're going to have a greater influence on your memory and on your, even, even some of your affection toward the team. But, but who's the defensive tackle? Right? Who's the left guard? <laughs> Those poor guys, right? Well, they're not poor. They're very rich. But, but right? They don't have, where's their jerseys? Maybe occasionally a center or, or someone like that. But, but how much greater is God? Why should, we, why should we sing? Why should we declare, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised? It makes sense, right? He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. It doesn't make sense to us. And sometimes we fall prey to worshiping self and worshiping worldly things. We have to stop that. You have to make a change. You have to cut that out of your life. You need to repent of those things. And you may not even know you're doing it because you're just so used to it. Just part of your daily life. You've, once again, caught up in the current of the world. And you've given yourself to idols. It was much more apparent in the... In the Old Testament, in the ancient Near East, there were more physical manifestations of idols. If you look at Psalm 115, there's a good description of idolatry and idols specifically. Psalm 115, verse 1, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak, eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but do not feel, feet but do not walk. And they do not make a sound in their throat. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. We are to be, we are to trust in God and not, people trust in so many things. Their idols, they begin worshiping their finances. They put their trust in their 401ks, their retirements, their, their paychecks. And what happens when those go away? What happens when there's a hiccup there and there's a blip on the screen and you're not sure now if you're going to get that paycheck or, or you're not sure if you can even retire now and you're thinking, uh, I might be at Walmart. I might have that big sticker on my, my shirt and welcoming people. And, right? Maybe you were a professional with multiple degrees and now you're thinking, I might have to do something very, very different with my life. Have, have you made that an idol? Has that been the picture of your future? I got, a, I got a separate home with a 
for skiing over here, and I've got this over here, and I'm going to travel over there. And there's nothing wrong with doing any of those things if it's all for the Lord, if we can sing to the Lord and praise him for what he's given us, and we use it for his service, and we use it for his glory to be on mission. If we use it for those things, But if we put our trust in those things, and I'm just all the pictures of all the news feeds of people smashing in windows and risking their their physical well-being, risking incarceration, imprisonment, risking many things, so they can run out of a store with a handful of clothes that don't belong to them. Some people just want to smash something; they just want to feel somewhat satisfied out of the rage in their own hearts. Are they satisfied when they're done? It'll never be enough. They've created their own idols. They've become like them. That is not who we are. We trust in God, not in in things. Instead, we are to tell people about the true, the living God. When it talks about declaring and telling and, and sharing, I, I just love um, uh, in Acts, we see Peter. Uh, Acts 10, I'm just going to read a couple of passages here. <clears throat> Acts 10, 34, talking to the Gentiles. And so Peter opened his mouth. Opened his mouth. That's where you got to start. you got to say something, right? Opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Any nation. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. He's the judge. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Forgiveness of sins. He's preaching. He's opening his mouth. Paul, I love uh, how Paul and Silas in prison in Acts 16 what were they doing? They were, had been beaten, stuck in prison. What did they do? 1625, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were praying and singing hymns to God after being beaten in prison, put in the inner chamber of the prison, feet in stocks, locked away, praying, singing hymns to God. I like to imagine Paul as being a terrible singer, just so that the power of God would be even that much greater when people are saved, right? And the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. 
This is from praying and singing to God. There's so much in the Bible about singing and the power that comes from expressing the goodness of God. And immediately all the doors were open, everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Why? Because of singing. It invoked the power of God. And, and you can't ignore that. How often, I wonder, do we, when our music is nice and loud in the car and our window's down or our windows are open at home or someone's coming up to the door, do we turn our music down? Do we somehow shy away from expressing the goodness of God, even through songs that are behind us that we're not even singing at the moment? Are we, are we, are we denying who he is in that moment? Are we, are we trying to hide what we believe? Are we feeling like we're going to be rejected because of the music we're listening to? These are those subtle, subtle persecutions, I guess, that we project versus understanding that if we're singing to the Lord, if we're talking about who he is, telling and declaring his worth, that he, he, he shakes things. He creates earthquakes. He creates a dissonance in people. He saves when we share the good news. If we would open our mouth. People are living for worthless idols. They need to be told of the true God who made the heavens, who splendor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. It's such a refreshing message. It's such a refreshing truth. Tell people about who he is. Verse 7, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. And this word ascribe just means to, to give What's due to him? Give credit where credit is due. This belongs to him anyway, so give it to him. God is the one who deserves the glory. God is the one who is strong. His name is the one that's higher above all other names, right? So, so ascribe that. Give that back to him. I, I used to pray, and I don't know why I stopped, but I, I used to pray, Lord, thank you that you're God and that I'm not. Lord, I acknowledge that you are God and I am not, even though I act like it sometimes, Lord. Forgive me for not, for not worshiping you, but worshiping myself sometimes. Ascribe to him. To give him credit for it. We are, we are happy to give people credit for the things that they do. We had 30-some people here yesterday kind of getting this place ready. Um, we had hand sanitizer stations and we had a, just a meeting of the minds and multiple tape measures, getting everything spread out and prepared for this morning. And we had tons of people. And it was just great to watch God's people doing all these things. And, and it, was, it was a natural outflow for me and for others just to say thank you. Thank you for that. It's a great idea. Thank you for doing that. I didn't even think of that. Thank you for that. To give credit where credit is due. How much more has God done for us? Do we give him credit? Do we ascribe to his name? Do we, do we give that away? Do we worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness? Do we tremble before him? Psalmist continues on. to says, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the Lord is established. It shall 
The world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. We are to sing. We are to declare. We are to ascribe. We are to say. A lot of imperatives here. A lot of things we're supposed to be doing. A lot of it comes from the mouth, right? All this. This is our act of obedience to the Lord. This is how we worship him. We are far too silent. And then when we do open our mouths, we're far too judgmental and unloving. It's a terrible combination. We have truth, but we, we mask it behind our own prejudices and anger and biases versus just lovingly sharing God's truth, compassionately, not, not compromising anything. The joy, the joy of, of singing this, this last part here is that God has established everything. It will never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Judgment is coming. We should be rejoicing that God will come to judge the earth. We as his people should be rejoicing in that because he is what he saved us. We want peace and that can only come when Jesus returns. And we know that a future kingdom is coming. That has been set. That has been explained to us. That has been uh, prophesied to us. In Isaiah 9, we read this um, at Christmas time about a child being born. But if we follow through logically, it's, it's, it takes us to the end as well. Isaiah 9, 6, for, us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Can you imagine a, the most perfect politician in the world, right? The greatest ruler, and this is who Jesus is. All the contention, and we have to pray for our leaders because they are they're human beings. They're fallen, they're sinful. But of the increase of his government, there will be no end. There will be peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. There will be faithfulness. There will be, he, he, he can't speak a lie. It will be all full of truth from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God will do this. We get to experience this and benefit from this. And so what's the proper response to what is coming to this millennial kingdom, this millennial reign that we get to be a part of? What's, what's the, the proper response to what God has already done in, in his perfect plan and will, and that's coming for us to actually experience? What's the proper response? Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills in it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in faithfulness. He is the righteous judge. He will, he's the only one who can be fair. He's the only one who will bring equity. We will never experience true equality in this fallen world with fallen man. It's good to have laws. It's good to, it's good to have people in places of authority. It's good to have order. God is not a God of chaos. But can we expect perfection until Christ comes and makes all things new? No. Until then, we proclaim his kingdom. 
we talk about what's going to happen. We rejoice. We, we cry out just as even creation is, is groaning and waiting for, for everything to be restored. Read Romans 8. Then all the trees of the forest will sing. They'll shout out for joy before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. Are you excited about that? Are you excited about the Lord coming back? Do you even think about that? That he's coming back? That, that the righteous judge, the one that will make everything right, who will reconcile all things to himself, he's coming back. Are you excited about that? Does that make you sing? I think as, as application, obviously if you can read through Psalm 96 and spend some time with it, that would be a great help. But, but one application that, that I really use this week, and I'd like you to think through it and practice it, is to spend time just singing to the Lord, singing to him. I'd like you to find two or three hymns that are two or three hymns or songs, something that, you really, um, that really resonates with you, that speaks to you, something that, that, that you enjoy, that's theologically sound. All right, look at the lyrics, look the lyrics up, see what, what, what this what the, the writer actually is saying here. Make sure that's good. Find two or three that you can really spend time with this week. And we have, everyone's got, gosh, we have streaming devices. We've got, I mean, I mean your entire music library is right here or floating around up there, right? So you, you, can, you can find what you need. You can find the lyrics. Right? We're, we're past the, the days of record players and 8-tracks, right? We don't have to... And if you don't know what that is, ask Siri or ask Google. I, I don't, they probably won't know what it is either. But <clears throat> Find two or three hymns, songs that you really resonate with, and then I want you to sing those to the Lord, intentionally, focused. If it's in the car, that's fine, but not just as you're you know, doing dishes or whatever, but, but sing to the Lord. In the morning, focus and sing to the Lord. In the evening, focus and sing this to the Lord, these two or three hymns. And then I want you to just to look at the rest of your day. I just wonder if there's going to be a melody in your heart, if you'll find yourself humming that same song when you're getting groceries and you're walking by the plethora of toilet paper now because it's all back, right? You don't have to worry anymore. Or maybe you're in traffic and... and Traffic is picked back up again, and everything's kind of going back to normal out there. And you're, but you're, you're, maybe that hymn is just rising up in you because you spent time singing to the Lord in the morning. And you, you, instead of watching the news until you're ready to fall asleep and watching people throw things at each other and, and hurt one another and accuse one another and the world's burning, instead of maybe you shut that off at a certain time and, and then you sing to the Lord. And then I wonder how you wake up the next morning. Because once again, if you're singing to the Lord, you're, you're probably not grumbling. If you're singing to the Lord, you're probably submitting to him. If you're singing to the Lord, you're probably not arguing as much with your, with your spouse or with your kids. If you're singing to the Lord, there's probably a, a, a greater sense of thankfulness and praise that naturally pours out. And then when you're talking to other people, God's name is on your lips. His majesty is in your view. Why? Because you're singing a new song. His mercies are new every morning. You're singing a new song. Old hymn, new song, because of what God has done. You're growing. This is, this is part of our, our life as believers. We are a singing people. So spend some time. Find some songs. Look at the lyrics, morning and evening. See how that changes your, your day. And then from there, please just start telling people, declaring the goodness of God. You might think, how is this going to change anything? How is me 
telling someone about Jesus who they don't really know. Well, that's part of the point. They need to know who he is. They have their preconceived notions about Jesus. Tell them who he is, what he has done for you. Share your testimony with them. This is who I was before. This is what God saved me from. This is who I am now. This is where I'm going. Do you want to know more about him? If you open your mouth and you're being filled with the Holy Spirit, there's power there. It will shake things. Don't discount that. And some people will reject it. Even as Paul was preaching, some people came and believed, and some people rejected and walked away. That's not up to you. Experience the joy of the Lord by sharing his goodness with others. If you really believe that he saved you from your sin, that you get to spend eternity with him and that nothing else matters, that should overflow into a life of praise. We should be singing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege to be able to sing, to express the depths of our hearts to you by lifting our voices, lifting our arms, lifting our hands, by somehow, Lord, extending ourselves out toward you from the depths of our soul. Father, we know that you're looking for true worshipers, those who worship in spirit and in truth. not just because we are in a certain place, not because we know the words, but because what you have done. And we can't hold it in any longer, Father. We have such great gratitude, and there's an abundance of praise that needs to come out, Lord, and you've given us singing as, as a way to do that. And I, I don't understand that completely, Father, but it's good because you sing, and we're made in your likeness. Help us, Father, to be a singing people, to be praising you, to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit so that we might bless one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And Father, by doing that, we would be a people of submission to you. We would be a humbled people, a worshipful people, that we are ascribing worth to you, the living God, the only one worthy of our praise. Help us with this, Lord. We are limited. We are sometimes tired. We pray that you would give us the strength to continue on in worship, to sing to you even when we don't want to, Lord, at times. Father, we've come back together as your people, we celebrate that. We are filled with joy that we can be together. I pray, Lord, we pray that we would not be the same. We would not just find the new comfortable chair in a different spot and sit and wait. Father, but instead we'd be actively seeking you in all aspects of our life, Lord. We would truly be living sacrifices as your people, pouring ourselves out for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the mercy that you've provided for those who would believe. 
So many people around us are dying. They are lost. They are living in perpetual fear and darkness. You have given us the good news. You've called us to be salt and light. Father, help us not to neglect this. Stir us up to love and good works as we meet together. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand for our last song, and we're just going to take a second to tune here.
so glad that you're able to join us this morning. And um, once again, please, as we go, be a singing people, a worshipful people, declare God's goodness to the world around us. They need it. And we need to be um, obedient servants of the Most High God. And there's no greater joy than to, well, we know this from um, the scriptures in, in heaven when a sinner is saved, when someone gives their life to, to Jesus. There's a great joy there. And then we can disciple them and walk with them and see them grow. And this is how we grow our family. You were once lost and someone shared the good news with you. Go do the same for someone else, please. This is our, this is our, our mission. This is why we gather to worship, to declare. So um, as we go this morning, I know that some of you might not want to do all the air high fives and air hugs and just kind of want to go. There's nothing wrong with that. You're totally fine to do that. Don't feel bad about those things. Um, We would ask that if you want us to kind of stick around and and have some time of fellowship, we actually place lots of chairs outside. So as long as you can dodge all the trees that are falling from the wind, there's chairs placed outside so you can sit and, and, and have a conversation with some people you haven't seen in a while. So please feel free to use that outdoor space. Uh, we've got a playground. We've got the goggle ball pits. And, and my sons are going to be over there playing some, um, some goggle ball with their friends. So please feel free to, to do that, and we'll hopefully see you next week. Thank you. You're dismissed. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from the Word of God. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit Black Forest Chapel in Black Forest, Colorado, near Monument and just north of Colorado Springs. You'll find biblical teaching and authentic worship in an environment that feels like family and friends. Get directions and more information at blackforestchapel.org.